We good? Is there gonna be more knocking? I hope not. Wait, wait, give it a couple seconds. Oh, there, <laughs> there it is. is. <laughs> Alright, yeah. So, in today's episode, we'll be talking about why One Piece sucks! No, we won't. All the One Piece fans out there, I apologize. I apologize that you guys love that show that would never end. <laughs> it, I feel personally attacked because I too love a show that will seemingly never end. And you know what? More power to you. More power to fucking you. Okay. okay. Uh, how's it going, folks? It's been a while. Uh, the fucking. <laughs> Not in the middle of my intro. Anyways, uh. Welcome to another episode of Dream Age, where there's knocking going on in the next side of our world. They're tearing down our house, they just haven't told us yet. And you know what, I believe it, you know. But, um, yeah, uh, through all of the uh, pandemic and whatnot, we had a lot of difficulties with our recording equipment and files being lost and having to, you know, edit every just about everything over again. So we do apologize for the long delay and whatnot. But without further ado, let's just get right into it. Yay. <laughs> um, I might be the One Piece fans knocking down our door because they don't appreciate your shit talking. Hey man, listen, more power to you. I have nothing against One Piece. I will always say I have nothing against One Piece. Some of the uh, the action in it is really great. The world building is, is, is alright. And, you know, it never has to end. I mean, like, we going on, what, Pirate 7? <laughs> We li- it literally doesn't have to end. It doesn't have to end, ever. It never has to end. But I digress. Moving on. Before before uh, some righteous, indignant friend of mine comes barging through my door. I see you looking at me funny. But, uh, yeah. Uh, you you haven't <laughs> had an out of me. Oh, mommy, you wanted to talk about it? Sure. That one was a doozy. Oh yeah, you were supposed to tell me about this. Yeah, yeah, I. Uh, <clears throat> I feel like me and Japan need to have a serious talk about um, <laughs> abusive relationships. Oh boy. And uh, and their their uh, their take on rape because it's. Wait, what? Yes, yes, it's, yes. So. All right, then. All right. All right, internet. We doing this. I was actually on YouTube looking for something entirely different, but this manga was recommended to me because, you know, I was being called out on my taste in Yuri. Who the hell called you out on your taste in Yuri? Uh, YouTube, because it was like, hey, you saw this video, you might like this. Ah, so... So I'm like, oh, okay, sure. So this manga is called A World Without Freedom. Why does this sound familiar? No, wait. I'm thinking it's, of something else. It's only six chapters long. It's not a very. It's not a very long. Uh, are the thing. chapters at least lengthy? No. No, I think it's I, short. Okay. I think collectively, I spent maybe fifteen minutes on this manga 
in its entirety. Did you say 15 minutes? Yes. 15 to 20 minutes. Well, that's not even like a sit-down reading session. That's more like a, <laughs> eh, let me briskly it, it was, read this it was, it was the reading equivalent of me eating a bag of chips, yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> so uh, the manga follows these two characters, Ryo and Mako. And oh boy, let me tell you about Mako. Mako Tsunami? Nope. <laughs> hey man, there's a, it's a fishy situation, <laughs> so you never know. Uh, let me tell you about Mako and this. Oh, sorry. And her crazy bitch ass. Um, so the manga starts off with Ryo looking for Mako. She's in a bar somewhere or something, doing what it is that teenagers do. In a bar. Yes. Okay. And she's like, hey, we gotta go home. Let's go home. We're going home now. And Mako is like... You do what I say. Because you're my slave. Oh. Oh, this is a lovely way to start. I mean... I mean... Alright, so... You, you threw out the punchline. Tell me the rest. Okay. So I, they told you the punchline before the before the build-up? I mean, that is one hell of a way to start a comic. I mean, I, hey, I had a terrible joke to say just now. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. So the, the, the whole thing with this, with this manga is Ryo is that character. That popular, charismatic, sporty, everybody likes me type of type of character Mako is the opposite sort of because she's 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 pretty to look at she seems nice at least she used to uh, until she opened her mouth and realized the trash comes out ah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like nothing <laughs> she speaks fluent bitch mm. Mm. and um good stuff the whole premise was at, at a very young age, these two became friends. Uh, Mako looked up to Ryo because, you know, who wouldn't? Who doesn't want to admire the character that everybody else seems to admire? And Mako was pretty much by herself until Ryo decided, Hey, you know what? We're friends. We're friends now. I'll be your friend. Biggest mistake of her life. So Ryo would do this thing where she would walk Mako home every day. Hmm. Sounds, sounds like a nice friendly thing to do, right? And, um... Uh, Mako was getting so obsessed with just being around Ryo at this point in their friendship. This is when she was still, like, you know, shy, but still relatively decent human being. Hmm. Uh, she joined one of the sports clubs that Ryo was in, and she got injured. Got a leg injury because she fell and she twisted her ankle. Sad mm. face. So Rio's like, I'm gonna walk you home. I'm gonna make sure you're safe. I'm gonna do that thing that friends do. And wouldn't you know it, the one day that she couldn't walk her home, uh, Mako gets attacked in on the pathway home and she gets raped. And essentially from that day forth, because Rio felt so guilty for not walking her home. Mako's like, hey, if you want to make it up to me, be my slave. Ah. Ah. Mm. 
I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you. When you started off this this thing about rape and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I kid you not, I thought like Mako had rape for you. I'm not gonna lie. I've read enough manga to know that that could potentially. I've read would, enough. Anti. Would you believe me if I said that you are correct? Oh no, we what? That does happen at some point. Anyways, I see that's at some point. <laughs> see that's at some point. But that did not take the turn I initially thought it was gonna take. Like, it took. It took my, uh, what's the word? What's the terminology I'm looking for? Expectations? It took my expectations. It's not that, but it took my uh, my uh, expectations, and I said, no, <laughs> this isn't what's happening. Don't worry about it. I went to say something a whole lot filthier, but I, you know, when you know, I'm, trying, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to calm it down a little bit with the cursing. Fuck. <laughs> right? So... It, it's that's like uh, it's, boy that's uh, yeah yeah and it doesn't get any better it doesn't uh, because um, you know Mako's doing petty shit where it's like okay from the get go you can tell that Rio likes her legitimately before she became a shit human being so so but she does petty shit where it's like oh I see you hanging around somebody else take me shopping Oh, I see this other person likes you. Kiss me right now. Right, right now. But, but I'm, we gotta, right now. Okay. Slave. Do you know what that means? And it's like, okay. All right. And, uh, it basically, it gradually builds up because there's this girl in Rio's class who is interested in her, but at the same token, in a good way, She's like, why are you letting this shit person tell you what to do? Jeopardize your studies. You know, it's almost time for you to graduate. And this is where we get into the root of the problem. It's because Rio's so likable and smart. Uh, Mako's afraid that when she graduates, she's going to want nothing to do with her. And I'm not going to say that it's not rightfully so. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's it's pretty rightfully so. I mean, like, I it should you not if I was in your situation, I'd be like, we graduate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, bye. <laughs> I never show up again. I mean, I wouldn't. I I fucking wouldn't. Like, I. And to to get to to shed some light on why Rio is actually going along with any of this shit, is because. She, the day she didn't walk Mako home, she was out with a guy. A guy who seemed to have a thing for Mako. So essentially she was just playing interception. It's like, I don't want you to like Mako. So how about you hang out with me instead? What? Yeah. It, yeah. It. weird. Yes. Yes, and this, all of this fucking shit happens in less than six chapters, because, you know, we still gotta get to the point of, uh, the elephant in the room, because, like, at one point, Mako does get all uppity, and is like, "Eh, you you don't care about me, and you don't care about the fact that it was your fault that I got raped, and I'm like, ah, you were just... (laughs) <laughs> you are everything I hate. 
You are literally everything I hate. And then, you know, somewhere in her in her brilliant brain, she she goes, "Hey, how about you feel what I felt that day when, you know, I was assaulted?" Wait, what? You heard me. Close, remove them. This uh, another moment I'm just thinking you are incorrect, YouTube. I do not like this. <laughs> I do not like this at all. <laughs> because uh I mean obviously you had to. No, I can't point. you know what? I was like, you know what, let me see let me see what this fucking shitstorm goes. Let me I'm already here. I'm almost done with this bag of chips. Let me let me see where Ooh, let me see where this you goes. You love the torture. <laughs> you love the abuse. Yeah, and then uh from that point on Rio does actually start standing up for herself, courtesy of her friend who keeps telling her that, hey, your studies are important. You, you got to do the thing where you study. And she's like, you know what? Fine. She starts standing up for herself, and then Mako's kind of like, uh, she does what you expect crazy to do. Kind of just, like, implode on herself and starts doing very self-destructive things. I don't like the story. Neither do I. But you kept reading. You kept reading it though. I, you know what? I needed the closure. Mm. I needed. To I don't know. ever want to hear you complain about me reading a story that I disliked. I, I never do. Yes, you do. When? Uh, I can't remember what story at this particular point in time. But you called me out on the spot. Sounds however, like you don't have any. Proof. However, however, <laughs> you have told me before. Like, if the story was so bad, why do you keep reading it? Because. I want the fucking closure. See, I've already started it. See, you know what? Six chapters isn't going to take anything away from me. But if I see that I'm like five, six chapters in and this thing is like going into the 40s and 50s, I ain't reading all that. <laughs> Listen, sometimes sometimes when you see a dumpster fire, right? Like you can't help but to be drawn to it and just stand there and stare at it and be like, oh, it's over? Okay, I'll leave. That was a terrible situation. Gee, somebody should really do something about that dumpster fire. I just walk away. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Fair enough. I think so, it's not so much the context of the story itself that that I don't like. Because don't get me wrong. It's pretty fucking shitty content, to be honest. Like, But it's the premise of it. It's because it's it's kind of been done so much in a different way, in a different setting. Oh, I like this person and whatnot. And I get something happens. Something tragic or something bad happens to me. Mm. Like I get, like I get run over by a car, or I break an ankle, or I suddenly died, and you know what? It's your fault why I'm dead. So I'm coming back to haunt you, <laughs> and now you have to do what I say. But or I got injured, and now you have to do what I say because it's all your fault. It literally has nothing to do with you. Yeah, the the reasoning is paper thin, and um, like, is is this gonna tie into the topic? There's no redemption here. Oh, Because literally, literally uh, Rio is getting on with her studies. Mako is just, you know, sulking and... Doing be, Mako stuff. Be doing Mako stuff. And then eventually Rio's just like... You know, my life feels a little bit empty without her now. I go. I go find the love of my life. Who treated okay. me like shit for the okay. last six chapters. And I'm just like... God okay. fucking damn it. Like... Okay. You literally had this girl on the side of you who, one, doesn't seem crazy, got you out of this toxic-ass relationship in the first place, is willing to throw herself at you, and you're just like, 
You know what? I decided that I'd like crazy. I can't crazy is nice story. for me. The story is giving me indigestion. And it's just like, uh, just... The story is giving me indigestion, but I feel it in my chest, babe. I know that's not where you're supposed to feel indigestion, but that's why I feel it. <laughs> and it's just like... Oh, my God. You know what? We spent, we spent the first few episodes talking about things that we like and things that we've enjoyed. And you know what? The the manga that I read and finished and enjoyed, I'll save that for next episode. Okay. But this, this has just been a stain on my brain since I read it. Because, you know like, what? Enjoy that. You like, own that stain. That's like, your stain. Now. Like, normally with manga that is bad or ones that I don't particularly like, I forget about them. Mm-hmm. Which is usually a sure sign that I didn't fucking like it. And that's just not with manga. That's manga, movies, cartoons, anything. If I remember something from it, or if I remember, like, scenes and little blips from just the first watch or read, sure sign that I like it. But this this has just been one of those, I'm going to say remarkable things, the once-in-a-lifetime things that I've read, and it's just like, but why are you stupid? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I need. It very bad. I need to know. It sounds pretty. Because uh, I've read plenty manga where one of the main characters does terribly shitty things to somebody that they claim to love. I'm looking at you, Citrus. But Citrus wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It no, wasn't that bad. But at the same token, it's like. When you can thoroughly get behind the reasons why somebody would either like or dislike a character with no personal bias, it's like, you like this character, but I can see why people hate her, right? In this case, it was just like, why is any of this happening? <laughs> Help me understand. Because Are you the, both crazy? <laughs> because the writer said so. Well, it's not, you can't say it's crazy because it's kind of like, imagine, well, you've read on Takaru. Yes. And you can see what it's like to be that ener- being an energetic go-getter, everybody relies on me type of person, and all of a sudden, like, someone takes that away from you. Someone takes, someone gives you something that you don't have. They, like, they literally take control away from you. Yeah. Like, that can be a bit exhilarating, and that can be addicting. And you never know, like, some people do have, like, that type of mentality where it's kind of like, they want, they want they feel like they should be in control of everything and then it gets taken away and it's like, oh, I didn't realize that I didn't want all this all the time. So it's kind of like you're taking a break from your everyday life and you have this dirty little secret. In this situation, she has a crazy little secret. She wasn't much of a secret. <laughs> I mean, well, she made a presence but, known. But at the same token, it's like, yes, I get that. Especially for something that is supposed to be a um, S&M manga of sorts. That is not S&M. That is not fucking S&M. <laughs> Sorry, um, I meant Nanatakaru. Oh yeah, Nanatakaru is yeah. nice. I yeah, like so read it, viewers, read it. If you haven't read Nanatakaru, yeah. read it. However, comma, I will let you know it is NSFW. So if you are below the age of eighteen, go Why on the even listening to this podcast? go <laughs> onto the incognito tab first, so your parents don't oh see your browser God. history, and then you go on it. Why are you like this? I, I mean, yeah, but in the case of Nanatakaru, it is it gets into the to the Nitty gritty of what it is to be in a um, S and M relationship. relationship. But the beautiful thing about it is, it doesn't show nudity. And you know what? That's great. But in this in this case, it's more like 
Uh, this character feels extreme guilt. This other character knows that this character is feeling extreme guilt and took all of the advantage over it. Well, that's what predators do. It doesn't matter whether or not like it's because something bad. That's just how predators are. It's like they see a weakness and they hop onto it. And you know what? The whole time Rio was the quote-unquote playing the quote-unquote slave, she clearly did not enjoy it. <laughs> and it's more like a I'm literally only here out of my own guilt. So it's like the moment she was freed from that, it didn't make any sense why she wanted the company back. Listen, <laughs> listen, have you never been punched in the face and it's like, oh my god, I think I love him? No. Oh, well, see, you're not in Japan. There you go. Yeah, so that's like 15 minutes of my life I'm never going to get back. And I'm going to probably think about like, you literally so spent often. the last 15 minutes talking about it, so it can't be that bad. I mean, sometimes you just gotta go on a tangent about the things that you've seen. Not okay. everything is good. Not, every, right. not everything is nice. Alright, it is. Um, so when Taka Titan is getting his final season, and I hate Mikasa's design, let's talk about that for two seconds. I hate Mikasa's You're design. you looking like a man. I hate Mikasa's design, let's move on. Alright, there you go. Wow. What? <laughs> I kid you not. Like, I've read the, I've read the Attack on Titan manga. I love the manga. And the manga, I kid you not, in the last several chapters or so, it gets really hard to differentiate characters because so much of their design started to mesh really well. Like, Eren looks the most significant. Like, he looks the most significant simply because he looks completely different. So I can get behind his design. Like, as you get up, like, as you get older, like, you'll... You're gonna notice that people look different and whatnot. Even Reyna looks different, right? But you can still tell that it's him. He's still alive. Yes, he is. Huh. Oh wait, don't worry about it. You gotta read that, anyways. But um, yeah. <sighs> I miss you, Mary. <laughs> don't worry, she. Anyways, yeah. right? So yeah, things happen. And Mikasa cut her hair, and I'm like, oh sweet, she cut her hair. And now she looks like fucking Aaron. Oh, you know. <laughs> and the anime. I shit you not. The anime makes her legitimately look like a man, and I don't like it. Hey, man. Uh, best meme so far, Mikasa went from waifu to bra. <laughs> <laughs> she really did. All right, but the the topic that we were going to talk about today was redemptions. And as you can tell from our opening our opening manga, there is no, redeem, no redemption. There's no redeeming qualities. They're just shit people. The two shit people and two shit relationships, and they just get shit together. Yep. Which, probably ironically, might make them perfect for each other. They balance each other out, I swear. Yeah, I, I guess. Maybe some of the crazy will level out once she realizes that, you know, I, you didn't have to be crazy for me to like you. Like, uh, Hey, man. I already did. Like, Listen, ah. I have to, we have to. Actually, we shouldn't even talk about the redemption narcissist time. But we will talk about some of them. But um, earlier this week, was it this week? No, it was last week. Today is the 16th of June. So sometime prior to last week, we were speaking about um, Redemption Arcs. We were supposed to record, but then we had some technical difficulties. which were, And what ended up happening was, was that we were speaking about why people don't like Redemption Arcs. And I'm like, some people are just bad people. Like... I don't know why people get upset when bad people do bad things. Like, why do you do that? But what upsets me more is is that when a character does have a redemption arc and they do redeem themselves, why people are more butthurt about that? Like, 
yeah, I get the fact that, like, bad people do bad things, and they've built themselves up to be villains, for lack of better terms, or anti-heroes, but what if they did the bad things for seemingly good reasons, and they've seen the error of their ways, and they want to um, reform, you know? Why do people get butthurt about that? I'm looking at you, Buccano Hero Academia, because this is actually what it's about. So, all I have to say, TLDR, is that uh, the Bokano Hero um, Academia um, community it was a while back, was really upset about a character's redemption arc. Spoiler alert, if you have, um, because I'm pretty sure the anime hasn't gotten to this point yet, but I read the manga, so fuck off. Um, Endeavor did some pretty shitty things to his family. He essentially put his wife in the hospital, uh, fucked up his, his alive youngest son. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, he pretty much, you know, fucked up his whole family. He did, he did, he did bad. He did bad things, but he wanted to do something better because he was really salty about being the number two hero. Now things have happened. He's seen the error of his ways, and literally nobody said a thing. The uh, BHA um, community, boy, they better not give this motherfucker a redemption arc. <laughs> I can shit you not like to me I'm like it wasn't even like he had a redemption arc it's like you got an idea of what his day to day life is like since things have happened um at this point because the manga is passed um one of the main one of the main heroes All Might he lost his powers mm-hmm. right he lost his powers he's no longer the number one hero he is now just a mentor figure right so now the number two hero is automatically number one so all the responsibilities of the number one hero now falls on him and now that he's actually had to walk in all my shoes for a bit, he realized that it's not all chalk up to what it meant to be. And that the things that he did, he's now he's now really um, embracing the things that he did. And he realized that it's pretty shitty. Right? Seems like a very human thing to do. Yeah, right? Like, they're human. Right. So what ends up happening is, is that the community is like, oh, I don't like the writing because all of a sudden... He's just, he's just a good guy now. Like he was doing bad things, and we liked him because he was like a villain who was essentially a hero, and whatnot. Or he was like an anti-hero or whatnot. So how dare he be a human and see the folly of his ways? I hate this manga. This manga is terrible writing. But my thing well, is, it's like escalated quickly. Yeah. But my thing is, it's like that's not the first time that's happened. So what makes it so different? Like, for example, for example. Orochimaru. Everybody knows Orochimaru. Freaky yeah. snake guy. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a redemption arc, per se, but I shit you not, in the last arc of the Naruto series, this dude was just suddenly a good guy. <laughs> and even if you want to say he's not technically a good guy, fair enough. But he stopped doing bad things. All because he wanted to follow his main squeeze, Sasuke. The main squeeze. The main squeeze. That's his main squeeze. Come on now. That's, that's his main squeeze. Mm-hmm. That's his... Boy... <laughs> Anyways, I'm feeling comfortable with the way you're looking at me when you said that. Shut <laughs> so it was like all of a sudden, Orochimaru was like, "Hey man, I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna bring back this stuff. I want to do these things because I want to see Sasuke's growth. I want to see the man he turns out to be." I bet you do, Orochimaru. I bet you do. <laughs> right? But it's like, 
He didn't have a redemption arc what, whatsoever, but everybody just fucking accepted it. It's like, eh, it's Orochimaru. We need not go back to the character overload that is Naruto. Anyways, right? We ain't gonna get into that. Into <laughs> we, that. Uh, we need thing. not go back to that. But I digress. But it's like, here it is. They're actually giving you. It's not even. I wouldn't even call it a redemption arc. You get to understand why he did the thing that he did, mm-hmm. and you get to see the result of what he did. You get to see him reflect on what Endeavor did. You get to see how he is like dealing with it. And the thing about it is, it's like it's not even like he did a complete um, three sixty. It's not like suddenly he's just like a good guy. He still has a shitty attitude. He's still a pretty bad guy. Like all, for lack of better terms, he doesn't treat people like people sometimes. Yeah. He treats them like they're sheep, and they need to be protected. Mm. You don't treat them like you know like individuals. But here it is. He is actually. You get to see why he's like that. You get to see why he has that mentality. It's all because if he had this number two mentality for so long, and now he's number one, he realizes that that might not be able to work. It also helped that he almost did. He also almost died. So hey, big spoiler right there. Don't worry about it. Like it, it happened. Like he almost died, and he realized like, oh shit, the world is real. Like I already knew the world is real, but I didn't know it's real for me too. Yeah, you clearly didn't know it enough. <laughs> you know, so it was kind of like he got it, the thing about it that. And made him more human is that his eldest son, who does not, who does not, he did not forgive him and does not forgive him what he did. He told him straightforward, I do not forgive you. All he said to him is, is you better not die. That's it. Like, that's it. And that was all, that was like, I shit you not, for their family, that was probably the most morale boost they ever needed. <laughs> it's like, you better not fuck up. You know what? He loves Thanks. me. <laughs> Thanks. That's exactly what I needed. To not fuck up. Right. Pardon me for all the French. I, I apologize. For, sorry. Pardon me for all the family. Like, it really does upset me because it's like, people just can't enjoy a story for what it is. It's a story. Yeah. There are some stories out there that are pretty bad. Yes. We speak about them once or twice and then that's it. And then all of a sudden we come back and it's like, was it really that bad? Yeah, you can, you can change your mind on your opinions about something. I think that he, uh, as someone who loves a good villain, uh, I appreciate more a good redemption arc. And the best kind of redemption arc is when you can understand where the character is coming from. And when people around them act realistically towards them. Like, I like to use Zuko as a good example. Yeah, that's a really good character. I like uh, I... Still, honest to God, feel as though that was one of the best redemption arcs to date. <laughs> because to see Zuko's like starting point and his growth is just insanely amazing. But like, the turnover wasn't fast. It wasn't quick. You know, we we went through a whole three seasons of this dude just being an asshole. But you understood why. And at the same token, when he did decide to start doing good things, not everybody was accepting. Looking at you, Katara. <laughs> like, she was just a salty bitch. Like, uh, like whereas Toph was pretty much like Switzerland, Sokka was also Switzerland, Aang's just like, hey, hey man, I'm a pacifist, it. so everybody just get along. Katara's just like, the fuck you thought? <laughs> you know, they had to go through that, that procedure of 
You know what? I guess I can stand your face for just a just a little bit. And uh, she forgave. She actually said she forgave. Yeah, she actually it. did forgive him. And the thing is, like, I like that. I like when the not only the redemption arc itself is understandable, but when the characters around them act realistically. And I think the problem lies is that because a really good redemption arc is very memorable people kind of look at it more as a cliche or a trope in and of itself instead of just thinking about how does it serve the story Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like if you're let's say if you're used to something like disney disney has really good villains there's no arguments there Mm -hmm. but there was not a single fucking redeeming quality about any of the villains. There was no redemption arc for most of those villains. That's it's not true. Like, That's not true. There was a very good redemption arc in The Lion King when the hyenas ate Scar. <laughs> that was a fucking redemption. Yeah, That's he redeemed just how the, they are. He redeemed himself by dying. <laughs> okay. Uh, he offered his body as food for the hyenas so they would no longer fight the lions. He didn't offer shit. <laughs> hey, man. He said, my friends, partake of my body. Wait, not really. Right? I need to know which version of Lion King <laughs> you watched. But, uh, uh, when I when I think of Disney, I think that uh, with, vil- with certain villains, you can kind of narrow them down to a single word. Like, Scar, Jealousy, Gaston, Vanity. Narcissist. Yes, that's, 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 even a, that's an even better one. Um, Maleficent. Wait, what do you say Bitch. about Maleficent? <laughs> <laughs> what do you say about Maleficent? Like, the Disney movie was... actually People say the Disney movie was pretty bad, but I actually enjoyed it. Maleficent 1. I could not stand Maleficent 2. Fucking hated it. Right? It was terrible. I do not like Maleficent 2. But part I didn't one was pretty it. good. I didn't watch it. Oh, we'll take my it. word for it. Okay, I will. Um... Clayton, greedy, and these characters didn't have redemptions. They were the character that you were supposed to hate, but you liked them because they were—they were, st- were likable. Like the thing about it, these characters—they had things about them that were likable. And I think every single last—I think every character you call had a redemption arc, which is they die. <laughs> That's Disney's redemption. Hell. <laughs> That's it. That's, but, except if you got um freaking. Phoebus, he literally... He literally went to hell. Okay. Boy, but, um, boy it, Phoebus. It, it, oh, he had, a, he had an amalgamation of problems. My man said, if I can't have you, no one can have you. I mean, I mean, I mean. But let's say you grew up with... I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't insult them by calling them one-dimensional characters, but... These are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you, are you okay? No. Do you want to talk about because it? Because it's like people's got a chub looking at Esmeralda, and he is like, "Oh shit, this can't happen." <laughs> this is the devil's penis. <laughs> this is the devil's penis. I'm sorry. Okay. 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 Back to topic. Back. Okay, I mean, on. have you seen Esmeralda? Play the woman's sexy, but my god, man, that's like the too extreme. Uh, right. Oh, so. Man. Let's, let's, let's say you oh, take care. We gotta make an episode about Disney characters. Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, so let's say you take knowing villains like that your whole life, where mm-hmm. it's essentially, for lack of a better word, your redemption is 
death. It's death. Your redemption is death. <laughs> you redeemed yourself in death. Um. <laughs> people want to make more nuance with stories, and I can respect that. I can respect when you can take a character and make it go. I know he does bad things, but he's not really a bad guy. I mean, he has reasons. It, you, just just read it. You'll, you'll find out what, it, what the reasons are. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think it becomes very muddy when people gravitate towards that bit of story, that type of storytelling. So it's almost as like everything you see now and everything you read now, there... It's almost as if people feel as though there has to be a redemption arc. So they kind of look at look at it as more of a an easy to use trope, as as opposed to looking at it in regards to how it how it meshes with the story. Mm-hmm. I I can agree with that. I just feel like <laughs> some some people just need to let stories be stories. Like if I'm telling you a story about. Um, um, let's say a cat and this cat is doing cat things and I, my cat in my story is doing stereotypical cat things and it's like why is this cat doing cat things why can't this cat be doing dog things because it's, it's a fucking cat it's going to do cat things Yeah. like I'm writing my story it's yeah I get that it's for my audience or it's for an audience mm-hmm. to consume or read or watch or to enjoy I get that but ultimately it is still my story yeah yeah like when it's it starts to get insanely confusing when you start thinking about what other people would like as opposed to the story you initially intended to tell now it's kind of hard to see well sorry it's kind of easy to see when you know you're listening to the public opinion and then you just take the story this you take this plot point and you just go hard left with it and yeah when it does that it's like what yeah it's kind of like why why do so why why do this so this guy was walking down the street one day gotcha and then like he he looked at the red light to make sure it was safe to cross the road Uh and then he was in a plane and he was crashing into the sea wait and now he and now right and now, right, he's swimming with the fishes, uh, and he can talk to fishes now. Stop. Right? No. And and now he's a volcano. Go left. With breasts. Stop. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah those, those are the hard left turns. We don't, yeah, you gotta be like, huh? Just fucking what? You were supposed to go down the street, but you went into the motherfucking atmosphere. Like, how did you do that? Like, Sub- is it subjective, subjected expectations? Um, subverted. Subverted expectations. That's what it is. That's what I was. That was the terminology I was looking for earlier. Uh, it's like you're taking your subverted expectations, and you like kind of like divert from them to kind of like it's like, hey, I know you're expecting this, but ah, plot twist. Ah, like oh, plot twist. Yeah, that's nice. And then you realize that it's like, then you get an M Night Shyamalan situation. It's like trees. <laughs> really? Uh. Trees. Uh, let's 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 not let's not talk about M Night. Trees. Yeah, let's, let's, Seriously, let's, don't get me wrong. I like M Night's earlier stuff. Ooh. He actually didn't do a bad job at Glass. I really enjoy Glass. Well, the whole um, Unbreakable series of movies. Mm. I enjoy them. Hey, say what you like. They were enjoyable. Mm. 
uh, yeah, but um, it's it's kind of funny when it comes to like writing how we've been spoiled in a way where we grew up with so many shows that that took really good storytelling and the whole subverted expectations thing just seems to be a thing that people expect now so it's kind of like what do you do do you stay on the straight and narrow telling an obvious story because people are going to expect you to do the opposite of the thing that's supposed to happen it it gets really fucking confusing (laughs) it it does i feel like long running series suffer from that the most is because it's kind of like um let's use dragon ball for example they've they've done that so many times i don't believe that a villain is gonna stay a villain in dragon ball Mm. the first let's say let's say the first real villain that they ever had king piccolo Mm -hmm. they piccolo is now an ally you could say tn in a way but i wouldn't say he was really a bad guy he wasn't really a villain he was just an asshole he was a tool yeah but i wouldn't say he was a villain then you, you get King Piccolo, mm-hmm. and now Piccolo is part of the crew. Then you get Vegeta, and now Vegeta is part of the crew. Right. And then you get Frieza in the tournament for some strange reason. Yes, I did say reason. <laughs> I did not say reason. You heard that correctly. I uh, you know. I guess people wanted more Frieza. Listen. I guess. He's the prettiest man with makeup I've seen in a long time. He even wears a lipstick for it. Like, at this, at this point, at this point, when I was growing up, I honestly thought Frieza was a woman, so I was like, why is Goku beating up on a woman? And then it's like, Frieza's a guy. It's like, Frieza's a guy? And then it's like, he's an alien that's not a gender. But what's that the only thing going through his... There's so many parodies so then, about that. So then, Boo, right? Uh, even Boo, yeah, even Boo. Like, I don't... Like, like when Dragon Ball does Dan, it, I does I'm sorry, I went too even far Android's, ahead. Yeah, and, even Androids. Um, yeah, 18 and 17. Well, seven, well, eighteen first, cause she got that monk dick. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she got herself some Krillin. She got herself some monk, and that was it. She was hooked for life. But anyways, <laughs> don't look at me like that. I'm not looking at you at all. Exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's it's. I feel like with long running shows, like that's what ends up happening. Like you expect it because you see it so much, you see it so often. But at the same time, it's kind of like if everybody just plays their roles as is, and nobody throws like throws that boomerang at you or throw that wrench, and someone's planning somewhere, then it's kind of like what, really? Yeah, I I get that. Um, I think the best way to do that. Pardon, sorry to cut you off. Hmm. I think the best way to do that is when somebody who is perceived as a villain is is a double agent. Like, that That in itself um, is a subverted expectation. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like when somebody's doing bad things for so long, um, if they're doing it for bad reasons because they're a double agent, like, that's going to happen. They're going to have to do bad things because they're a double agent. They have to report back. Right. I feel like with that, it's a bit tricky because it's like, people be like, oh, he was a good guy all along. Really? Are you serious? Like, he killed a what? He killed a woman and her kid and burned down the house and burned down the whole village. I'm looking at you, Itachi. Itachi burnt... Itachi, everybody thought Itachi was a bad guy. Come to find out, oh, I'm just following the Hokage's order. 
So he was a good guy all along. Whoa! And the Hokage was I don't understand. Whoa! Yeah. And then someone else says, like, really? Really? Are you serious? <laughs> Such poor writing. I can't. I can't. Gosh, with this oh, anime. All you're doing, all you're missing now is your pipe. And your fedora. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, it's tricky to do it because when, some, when a character is likable, they're more accepting of certain things that a character does. Mm. Like Itachi literally committed genocide. Perfectly yes. fine. He's killed numerous people. Perfectly fine. He's mm. Itachi. He's a badass. Indeed. He's a good, he was a good guy all along. What? Plot twist. Then, that, it, I, I think in that case, it's just like, I have more reason to like, you know, and it's like, uh, 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 and uh, next thing you know, you get... And then died. And, and His well, redemption was held. His redemption. <laughs> he actually came back and redeemed himself again by dying again, so you never know. He got double death. <laughs> but, um, and then you get back to Endeavor. You got Endeavor, a guy who was doing something bad, but for what he, he redeemed to be a good reason. And then it was like... He's. They're showing that there is some hope for him. And it's like, really, it's fucking lazy rating. Oh, I hate this anime. Why do I even watch this thing? When's the next episode coming out, though? <laughs> and the thing is, it's okay for you to not like something, but to kind of just go, I've been enjoying this thing. I've been enjoying it so much up until the point where it did something I don't like. I hate it now. Throw it all away. It's, it's all the, trash. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> that. That is that is never a good sign of a uh, of a community. No, not really a community, but that's never a good sign of a healthy argument, because it's okay to have things that you don't like about something that is good. Yeah, it's it's natural. Like, have you ever have you ever heard the anime community argue? I that stay away from that. Funniest <laughs> shit ever. I like, literally stay away from like, that. I kid you not. Like I, I have my, my group of friends that I play with online with the PS4. Um, Jamie, Red China, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, Yami Yusei. These are these are their um, online names, right? Not their real names. And I mm-hmm. kid you not. Well, you can mind if Yami Yusei was his real name. I, I but anyways, I, I digress. I digress. I digress. Um, and next thing you know, it's kind of like. We're talking about anime and stuff like that. It just gets really good until one buddy, until one person, somebody throws that one comment out of left field, and I shit you not, it's genocide in the chat. Like everybody just goes ballistic. Like we try to bring it in. We do try to bring it in every now and again. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's yummy. It's never fucking red. Red never tries it. Red, I kid you not. Red is the anti-hero. Red will say some shit. Red will say some shit to you. I just imagine there's total silence in the chat. Naruto sucks. The fuck did you say? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Red, Red does some. Red Shino, he's my. I, I love this dude. I love. I love the fact that he can be the villain. He can be the anti-hero. He can say some shit, and we just accept it. We'd be like, yeah, that's Red Shino. He's just talking some shit. We just accept it. But he says some things sometimes to be like, have you heard yourself speak to yourself? Have you heard the words? That come out of your mouth that you project to other people sometimes. It's like, is you trolling? I can't tell. Like, is you I'm trolling? pretty sure he's a troll, and like, I'm pretty sure that right now he is literally a troll <laughs> under a bridge on his laptop. And he gets, trolling people. He's getting some pretty good Wi-Fi at that bridge. Listen, I need to understand, babe. The bridge has really good reception. I believe you. Okay. 
But um, yeah, it, it's it's it gets weird. Like the whole double agent thing. Like I play Kingdom Hearts. You know, I have to bring Kingdom Hearts set so well. Of course. But my favorite character, Axel, he was actually a double agent. He actually a lot of the things that he was doing was that he essentially is he was. Mm. Oh crap! What's happening? Stop it! Oh, weird. My screen did weird stuff. But um, he's essentially Hughes in the sense that um, they're looking for somebody, but he doesn't he doesn't want to do certain things. But he is willing to do the dirty work while someone else while he pushes someone else to the top. That's essentially what it, what happens. That's essentially what he's doing. But the thing about it is, is that we don't know that he is actually a double agent, or he's actually a good guy up until like the second, the second iteration of the game. Can't give away the good story. And the thing about it was like, and the very first time you see him is in Chain of Memories, and it's kind of like he's doing cryptic shit, and it's kind of like from the minute I saw him doing like little things on the side and like when people are walking off and then he walks in by himself and he has his one liner and then the screen blocks out him. It's like, oh shit, I love this character. I love him so much. Uh, I got to memorize. Anyways, so it was like, I, I like that kind of stuff and to find out that he is actually, he was doing things because he's essentially a double agent. He's not really working for the good guys per se, but he is working for his own goals it just so happens that in order to achieve his goals, he has to work for the bad guys. But he's not really a bad guy. Mm. So, all in all, it's like, I really like that. But I don't see it as bad writing. And a lot of people in the Kingdom Hearts community don't see it as bad writing. Mm. I feel like they handled his character prior after that. Like, sorry, um, afterwards. Uh, prior afterwards? What the hell did I just say? <laughs> Anyways, I feel like... What is this English? What is this English? I was like... The way they handle his character afterwards. That's the word, his character. Um, the way they ha- handle his character afterwards was pretty poor. But I still enjoy him as a character. Okay. That's it. So I watched the Sonic movie the other day and it was actually pretty good. I know that's out of left. I know that was out of left. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah I actually watched the Sonic movie. Oh. Alright. Yeah, it's actually... <laughs> I have hope. For video game movies now, I've watched Detective Pikachu. Did you watch it with me? No. Oh, shit. I really should stop watching these movies without you. You really should. I really should. It hurts my feelings. Hey, man. I'm Sometimes I'm at work, and I'm really bored, and there's nothing to do, so I just watch a movie. You know what? I can forgive you for that. Like, do you really want to see me waste away on my job again? I mean, if, if I'm watching you waste away on your job... What are you What's doing? What's happening in my job? I don't know. But just so you know, <laughs> if I can call on a witness right now, they will let you know that the day they <laughs> walked in on the job, <laughs> they walked into me on the job and they saw me waste. Like, I looked like a shell of who I was. <laughs> like, those other, like those other cartoon moments where you see someone talking for too long and then you just see, like, bones and stuff <laughs> on the side. Like, I had a glazed look on my face. <laughs> It was pretty bad. It was bad. It was pretty bad. Uh, we're running an experiment to see if boredom can, in fact, kill you. It really can. It really can. Boredom really can kill you. But anyways, I digress. So, um, I'm not going to talk about the Pikachu movie because I, was, I watched that last year. I watch, I usually watch these movies afterwards. So, I watched the Pikachu movie last year and I watched the Sonic movie this year. And I got to say, like... It's really good. I honestly believe they brought out the initial design of Sonic just to see how people react to it. 
I didn't honestly don't think that was their final design. Like I I feel like that would just be a waste of resources. However, mm-hmm. there is a somewhat genius on but very underhanded marketing scheme. That's what I feel to like. that, I think it was a marketing scheme. It's like uh, no one's gonna pay attention to this fucking Sonic movie if we just throw out a bad design. What? <laughs> throw out bad design? Like I kid you not. Like it's fucking genius if that's what they did. Because my thing about it is, is like if you just because I I honestly think that they had the Sonic movie in in production around the same time as Detective Pikachu, and they was like. We don't know if Detective Pikachu is going to flop. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if what we have in mind is going to flop. So we need to do something that separates us from everyone else. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to cause some buzz about our movie to get people on board. And then what we're going to do is we're going to release the real thing. You know, the conspiracy theorist in me really does enjoy the aspect of that happening. <laughs> like, I honestly think that's what's going to happen. Because I, there was no way... I honestly believe there's no way... That initial design was trash. I honestly believe there's no way they honestly think that design was going to pass. Like, literally, I look at that and think, this is what Sonic looks like if somebody was told to draw them from memory with their left hand. Okay. (laughs) There was even Sonic references because they actually drew Sonic. But the thing about it was, was like, if you look at all the scenes, if you look at the CG, the uh, initial trailer that they showed for Sonic, if you look at all the scenes, they were all scenes, even though you see Sonic, they were all scenes with only Sonic in it. That's uh, true. Like, it's, like, the first trailer was nothing com- compared to the to the actual trailer. To the actual trailer. Like, the teaser was nothing compared to the trailer. Yeah. But when you look at the trailers, all the bad designs of Sonic were only with Sonic in it. That's why I honestly feel like, you know, thinking, like, yeah, they had scenes where he was interacting with people or talking to people, mm. but they were all cutaways. Mm. Like, when he gets hit with a tranquilizer the first time. Oh, when he screamed at the guy. Yeah. Sonic was in a shot by himself, and then he got, and then he got trained. It's a very, it's a very interesting. But I digress. I mean, we're not going to go too deep into conspiracy thing. Like, mm. it was, it was really enjoyable. It was corny as fuck. I will say it because was corny. Because, of course. It was corny. It didn't really get corny until the end. And I feel like they made me want to love Sonic again. Like, I never this, I never fell out of love with Sonic. I love Sonic as a character. But the way they painted him in the picture, they, in the movie, they painted him as a loner. Not by choice. Mm. But he's a loner by chance. So it's kind of like some stuff is happening. People are trying to chase him. And they want his powers or whatever. And he has to keep on the run, changing from place to place, so he doesn't. So because he always has to move from place to place, he doesn't get the opportunity to bond with people. Mm-hmm. And the only person who he did really have a relationship with died. Ouch! They got that out of the way real early in the beginning of the movie. Like the person just straight up died. Well, but uh, yeah. <clears throat> but I I enjoyed that because that was a good instance of show don't tell because a lot of things happened. There was no need to reiterate. Oh, he's alone and stuff like that because. They literally showed you it. Yeah. So it was. I could say they did. They did it some justice. It wasn't exactly the Sonic that we fans know, but it was still enjoyable. He had the attitude in some cases. Mm. He had the attitude in some cases. 
But I think that was the thing that they were going for, was that he doesn't know how to interact with people, so that's the reason why he acts the way he acts. Because, um. for lack of better terms, I would probably say he has the men, like, he probably has the mentality of a mature nine-year-old. Mm. Of, a, of a really mature kid. Like, he gets excited over simple stuff, things that you know kids would get excited over, but when it comes down to being serious, he knows how to be serious. But that was just it. It's he still has that... Nah, he still acts like a nine-year-old. Mm, fair. Well, I mean, that's what I've heard about it, that like people really enjoyed it, but it was corny as fuck. Like, but at the same time, Every time I think of Sonic, I can hear Jaleel's white voice in my oh head my God. screaming about chili dogs. Listen, so, chili dogs. I mean... They did make a reference I to that mean, in the movie. They did make a reference to that in the movie. You know what? We still have yet to good, get a good Mario Brothers movie. So, oh, boy. So, There's hope for Mario. There's now so, hope for Mario. If two of the big three gaming franchises, back in the face for back in the day, can do a good movie, I'm pretty sure we could do a good Mario. I think it's going to end up being a CG Mario movie. I don't think they're going to do do it with people. I don't know how the hell they're going to do Mario and Luigi again. Not unless it's like Mario uh, and Luigi. Hopefully not with John Leguizamo. I think they're going <laughs> to do what, like, with, what they did with Mario Odyssey, where it's like Mario is just in a different world. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Probably, but it video video game like movies don't necessarily have the best track record. It doesn't, but hey, there's hope for them now. The first two... Modern day video game movies are pretty good. Yeah, so if uh, Sonic did the thing where it paved the way for other video game movies to, you know, flex its muscles and do its thing, kudos. It did. It, it may not have been the best movie out there, but hey, it's getting a sequel and... Sonic? Yeah. It is? Yeah. It I mean, made yeah. that much money. I mean, well, it there was... They basically did do a little teaser for, like, a second movie, because... They did the same thing for the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was one sequel I'm glad we never fucking got hey man when Bowser is in my anyways we can leave Koopa alone we can leave King Koopa alone out of this because that was the worst the like the movies <laughs> I kid you not like the thing about it is, is I remember watching the Super Mario movie but it was so forgettable I could barely remember it I can't forget them fucking Goombas hey. they gave me nightmares <laughs> Fucking tiny head pieces of shit in this giant ass body, human bodysuit. Like, my nigga, what? <laughs> who, the, who, who is responsible? Arrest them. It's like, who agreed like this? Oh, I need everybody in that writing room arrested. Oh, man. So, tell me about Shiro. I wasn't, I wasn't gonna talk about Sh- So, I watched Shiro 2018. So, she watched Shiro 2018. <laughs> My uh, God, I I I don't know where it came from. I don't know why. I don't know. I was just looking for something to watch, and then I kept seeing clips of Shira, and I'm like, this looks like fun. This looks like fun. I'm gonna watch this. Okay, so let it be known, I am, I am one of those set of people who grew up with the original Shira. You know, the Shira that was based on He-Man. I don't know a fuck about Shira. In the eighties, let that sink in for a second. 80s cartoons of a character based on another character. Let the hilarity <laughs> ensue. Again, I don't know 
a shit about the original Shira. Just know I've that. I've never seen Well, I've seen it, but I've never seen it. Have any. you ever watched He-Man? Yes. Do you think the dialogue is corny? <sighs> now, up that up. Lord. Up that up. Like, don't get me wrong. Shiro is nice to look at, but that was as far as the show goes. Like, there was no substance in that show. There was no substance in the show. Now, Shiro 2018, there's something there. There's something there. But okay, still fucking to, corny. To, to be fair, Shira 2018, like, the reason why it kind of got me interested in the first place is because the humor was a little bit reminiscent of Steven Universe. And, uh... Well, please do tell! Uh, oh, my God. Like, there were just, um... Like, the way the characters are drawn, that very round... It's round and colorful, and it was nice to look at. They're all colorful. Yes. Was that a gay joke? Huh? <laughs> right? So, um... First of all, none of these characters look anything at all like their uh, 80s counterparts. Boy. They are significantly younger. They're all younger. They're not adults. And... The princess name... Well, not even just the princesses. The characters' names are insanely on the nose. I mean, the characters' names... Those were their original names in the show. I, I Yes. And it was based on... It was in the 80s. <laughs> Have you heard the X-Men's... Some, um, um, big bad villain? Magneto. Magneto. But... but Magnet. You, but you say this. Oh. You say this. But like Magnet O, remember I, that. I, you say this, but the original She-Ra characters weren't actually the thing that they were named after. Like, Catra was just a human woman. Listen to me. Catra is actually a cat. Skeletor. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. I like. But I, yeah, I, 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 their names are pretty on the nose, like Scorpia and Catra, and that's all I can fucking remember. Uh, you know what? Let's, Anadora. Let's let's, Anadora. Let's, let's let's play let's play a little game. I'm gonna I'm gonna name princesses and mm. I want you to tell me what you think oh boy. their power is. This is bad because you gave me a hint because you said their names <laughs> before I think I'm gonna fail. Alright, so uh you you already know about um Catra. That's yeah, she's, pretty she's, fucking she's, obvious. She's a cat. Uh, Scorpia. Scorpia, she's a scorpion. She literally has she's got, she has scorpion claws hands. and tail. But she's thick though. Yes, she's probably every fen woman's dream. Boy, listen. Uh, Frosta. She has fire powers. I play. She has ice powers. Uh, but secretly, she has fire powers. Spinnerella. Are you kidding me? Does she spin? You are correct. Okay. She's wind. Oh, oh okay. So she's uh, a top. I'm not gonna make a gay joke. <laughs> oh come on! Okay. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. Uh, Perfuma. Ah oh, man, she smells like a skunk, right? There is smelling involved. Okay, so uh, what? She has scent powers, like she flowers, Fla uh, mm. nature. Ah. Natasha. <laughs> okay, this one is tricky. This one is fucking funny because it's she like she she seemed to have the only normal name just for it to be like 
She I throw them. nets. Oh my god. You, what? This was the name that I remember now. Like you mentioned this. It's like Natasha. It's like, <laughs> guess what up I said? She tosses stuff. I was like, what? She you serious? tosses nets. She tosses nets. Okay. How did y'all do this? <laughs> okay. Why would y'all do this? You know what? I don't I don't I don't know. You know what? It's 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 cheesy as fuck, but I'm already here. Let's, let's um, yeah, we're already here. Let's let's see let's see where it goes. So uh if someone knows what the original plot of the 80s Shira was, help a sister out. What? <laughs> I don't fucking know. But, uh, what? Shira 2018. Um, there was no plot, madam. It was episodic <laughs> as fuck. Shira 2018. Uh, it's basically you have a princess rebellion. Because those are two awesome words that go together. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yes. Okay. Uh, Adora, aka Shira. Uh, was basically what? I would have never known. <laughs> she was uh, with Catra on the opposing side. Bad guys. They she, were both she, on the bad guys. Yeah, they were both on the bad guys side. Uh-huh. They were friends, and and their their thing was, yeah, we're gonna take over the horde, and we're gonna we're gonna rule this world together. Uh, Adora comes across Magical Sword and she's like, oh shit, no, I can't do this. This is bad. We're doing bad things. I'm gonna go join the Rebellion. Hey, Catra, let's go join the Rebellion. But no, though. Is that it? Is, is that the plot? Yeah. Like, uh, I think the first, the first portion is showing Adora's life in the Horde until she comes across the sword and comes across her friends in the rebellion and she's like alright I'm gonna fight on the rebellion side now Catra join me nah I need to understand I actually held my breath to see when it gets better <laughs> and it didn't it really didn't yeah so basically like, I, I, I get that Shira from the 80s didn't have a plot but but why though? Why? Why was why was Adora on the bad side? Like why? Why? Uh, she she was raised by them. That's not how yeah, it works. Basically, she was abandoned as a baby, and she was found by the leader of the horde, which is the thing that they're basically being. They're all being raised as child soldiers, essentially. So that's all Adora knew for her entire life. This is where I grew up. This is where I was raised. I'm doing thing. I'm doing the thing that I've been raised to do. So why the hell does she rebel? Reasons. But hey, okay. At least... Not Asami. Oh my god, what's her name? Oh man, not Asami. Samurai Jack. I know uh, her name. Ashi? Ashi, there we go. At least with Ashi, we always knew that there was... She had that rebel. Not really that rebellious side. She had a curiosity inside her. To like question things, even despite the fact being raised to never question anything, mm. she had that curiosity to question things and to like at least be willing to look at different things. Yeah, we saw it when she when she uh, saw it in the crack and she saw the butterfly mm-hmm. and ladybugs and stuff like that. We saw that when she went to protect one of her sisters. You saw it when she didn't want to basically beat one of her sisters to poi only for her to be beaten to poi. And thank them for the, everyone who, for any of our listeners, 
Beating the Poi means getting the shit beat out of you. This it's a Bohemian turn. Don't worry about it. Uh, but um, yeah, like we had that. We you get to see that. So when she was presented with new evidence of the way of her own mentality being um, brought into question, she was more willing to at least explore it. Yeah. Right. Right. And then you get serious. Like I, it's like I'm doing these things because I was taught these things. So it comes out of nowhere. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> the fuck. Okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's like that because uh, I guess in in Adora's defense, uh-huh. it's it's more like um, imagine being raised to do something your whole life. Like your whole life, you were being told that you were better than everybody else. Yeah, you're the one that's going to rise above everybody else. You're the best here, and yada 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 blah blah blah. They essentially make you leader, mm-hmm. and now is now to now it's time for you to do the thing that you were raised to do: go to war. Uh, war were declared. War were declared. You go to war, and then you you realize that war is very real, mm-hmm. and uh, you might be on the wrong side of this war. How did she come to that conclusion? Because, I mean, like, if she was already on the bad side. Like, my thing is, right, is that war is a war is a nasty, dirty thing. Yeah. Right? It's the war. My thing is, is um, growing up, I heard this a, a lot from a lot of the folks who I was around. Is that if you're fighting fair, you're not in a real fight. Like, that's not a real fight. Don't get me wrong. You can still be injured. Yeah. You can still be pushing yourself to limits. But if you're not... But in war, there's no such thing as a fair fight. Yeah, but it's a dirty, nasty thing. But that's just it. Adora's not inherently bad. I don't it, think any of them were. They were just raised as soldiers. Oh boy, Catra, ooh, ooh, we'll, oh, we'll get. To you know what? We'll, I I haven't watched it, so you we'll, would like, we'll so get, you know. We'll you get know to you, Catra. Yeah, so, so so I'm assuming that Catra did some pretty fucked up shit. Catra did indeed do some pretty fucked up shit, but at the same token, uh, if we want to talk about an abused character, we'll put it this way. Uh, if we use the Fire Lord as an example, oh Adora was Azula and Catra was Zuko. <laughs> oh boy. Boy, listen to me. Boy, listen uh, to me. Because whereas Catra was literally Adora's only quote-unquote equal... She was always the one being told that you're useless, you're not good enough, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. So she, th- that that made her develop a bit of a complex. Ah. <laughs> just, just, just a smidgen. <laughs> kind of like um, Gamora and her sister from the, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, um, Nebula. Nebula, yeah. Yeah. I it's like, remember her name, she looks so different. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, it's, it's actually it's a bit like that. Okay. Yeah. So... Except, um, except Gamora and Nebula never develop a sexy relationship. Uh, no, I really hope that. I, mm. However. Because one's green and the next one's Muslim machine. They are sisters. Adopted sisters. You know what? Okay, got me there. Anyway. Um, yeah, so. Sisters from different misters. Oh, <laughs> God. Uh, that was a crash joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Catra was and. On top of that, Catherine and Dora were best friends. 
Mm. And uh, uh, if we haven't established yet, Catra is a cat. And she... Really? I wouldn't know She does uh, cat things. So essentially when she was being abused, uh, Adora would always be the one to come to her rescue. So it's kind of like... Imagine having that your entire life. Like from children up until... I'm gonna say young adults. They kind of look like they've passed teenagers. They do not look like young adults. They look okay, like they're still we'll, in their teens. Okay, we'll, we'll call they, them... They, they're probably like late 18. Teens. 18. Folks, for the record, cutting your hair does not mean you're an adult. But it does mean you'll probably have a redemption arc. It does. It does. Oh my god. It does. Oh boy. It does. That is such a true. Oh, oh the god. fucking parallel. Uh, oh, oh my god. god. Anyways, we'll go ahead. Right, right. Moving on. Moving on. So, um, Adora, Adora joins the rebellion mm. and Catra refuses to go with her because as far as Catra's concerned, she just wanted to take over the world and she thought Adora wanted to take over the world with her, but apparently that's not the case. So... Uh, you know, it's a expectations. Angry cat is angry. Basically, we go through, we go through uh, five seasons of bullshit. Because I, I kid you not, what is so hilarious to me is that uh, catching up on all the memes that I've missed in regards to Shira, and um, one of the funniest ones I saw was Shira. Uh, Shiro with Catra staying on the Horde side and it's like this fucking thick ass encyclopedia looking book mm-hmm. and next to it it has Shiro if Catra had gone and joined the rebellion and it's like a pamphlet I mean like, <laughs> like I mean like in all honesty there wouldn't be much of a story from when I from when I heard uh, there wouldn't be because Catra was essentially the primary villain she she took she was forced to take over Adora's job because Adora was made captain right before she joined the rebellion. Catra was supposed to go, you know, get her back. Because you're the only one who could. Because reasons. And uh, when Adora decided that, you know what, I shall be joining the rebellion, uh, Catra was made to take her place. And for Catra, that was just like, hell yeah, gotta go do some evil shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, but in her case, all she wanted was approval. She just wanted a hug. She 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 really needs a hug. She, 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 what are you doing? You know what? There you go. Now you're Mufasa. Now you're dangling from a cliff. Yeah. Um, she. I will say that the that whereas I did like it, it kind of had it had its charm. Mm. It reminded me of cartoons that I, like, grew up with. It was kind of, uh, what I'm looking for. Corny. Cheesy. Both of those things. Um, because, to give you an idea of how forgiving everybody is, (laughs) and I, I... I have to put heavy emphasis on the word forgiving. I'm going to run down the list of things that uh, Catra did Mm. before season five, which is where the last season is 
literally the beginning of the last season is where she got her redemption or her redemption Redemption arc started and halfway through season five she was on the good guy side okay only leaving a couple episodes right right okay uh for starters constantly trying to kill your best friend i mean hey man we're on opposite sides now so we ain't friends no more secretly i love you but at the same token having her save you and you save her when it comes to like you two almost actually dying minus rip frenemies you're not allowed to die to anyone else but me the hell i suppose uh abusing everybody around her <laughs> okay like manipulating ah because uh uh her and scorpio the scorpio is a sweetheart i'm just gonna throw that out there okay she is best girl she might be on the side of evil but she doesn't have an evil bone in her body. <laughs> so, so she's Topaz. Yes! She's <laughs> actually Topaz. And she loved Catra. She she loved Catra so much that she would do anything that Catra said. Because Topaz won't know what she would do, do without with Topaz. Topaz. Exactly. See, that's, that's Scorpio. Okay. And uh, to the point where Catra literally almost drove any of the princesses who are on the the bad side to the good side. Wow. Yeah. yeah. She was she was a terror to be around. Okay. Uh caused the death of one of the main characters' parent. I mean, what's what's a show without some parent death? Like directly caused her death. I mean, like did she actually kill them? Did she herself kill them? Uh she opened a portal that she was warned not to open. And the the queen essentially sacrificed herself so that everybody else could live. Sheer happen chance. Anybody else could have gone inside the portal and died. Anyone else. But the queen decided to do that of her own volition. She was told not to do it. Hey, man. <laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. I'm the bad guy. You didn't tell a bad guy to not do something. I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> okay. Fair. Uh, no version. No. You can't record with us in this life. Fair. So that's just the... And just generally being like a shitty person okay. that's that's a, that's a rundown of the list of things that uh oh and kidnapping the main character several times i mean listen 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 <laughs> we can't have this love-hate relationship unless there's some love in this hate okay sure uh so that's a list of things that she did and her quote-unquote redemption are kind of just Boil down to I'm lonely and I miss Adora. Hey <laughs> <laughs> Matt, listen, she missed her best friend slash mean squeeze, okay? It was it's really rough trying to rule the galaxy without your right hand lady. Okay? And you it's know really what? Hard. I believe you. Okay. It's behind every good wait, that doesn't work here. <laughs> So, yes, um, behind every good dictator is a woman who secretly whispers the evil things in his ears. Alright. So That would have been that would have been Katra to Adora, but Adora just had to be like, no, I wanna be good. So now Katra have to whisper the things out out, out in the open. So now it's like, Well, what the fuck do I do now? I gotta say the shit. Alright. Well, so at the end of season four, uh Katra and Glimmer, one of the main characters. Does she shine? 
Does she shine a lot? She is sparkly. Okay. She's oh like my her, god. There is literal sparkles in her hair. Oh my god. Every time she teleports, uh, there are sparkles in the place that she once was. Oh my god, this is so bad. Uh, Why is this being hey, so on the nose? I mean, there's Bo. Do you know what he does? <laughs> oh my god, Lisa, tell me that's the guy with the bow and arrow. Yes. Like, how did you dumb down the meme so much that it's like, literally, their identity is what they do. That is literally what you did. You literally made what they do their identity. It's like, it's like, this show has clearly been structured for children, but at the same time, there are like two straight characters in this whole show. There, hold on, wait. Bo and Glimmer, they are like, the only two straight. The only straight main characters in this entire show. Literally everybody What about else. the dad I, I saw? In oh, that's books. Glimmer's dad. Who no longer has a wife. Because she's dead. I mean, he could still be straight. He, yeah, he is. Technically straight, yes. I mean, he's actually straight. Because me and Jessica's his wife is dead. Doesn't mean he's still longer straight. And I know, I know. But what I'm saying is, he was... Not exactly a main character. He's oh, more of a supporting character. Ah, I see. Yeah. Uh, Bo has two dads. How? Because, yes. How was he born? Was he adopted? They're both black dads. I don't understand the semantics of Wait, 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 wait. I'm not a... Wait. Oh, wait. So Bo was has, he adopted? So Bo has two dads. Okay, okay, I guess. Bo and Glimmer are in a relationship. I mean, yeah, sure. Everybody else is lesbians. Or too young. Or, in Entrapta's case, in love with machines. Who? Entrapta. She's the girl who was, like, walking around on her hair. Whose hair is alive. Oh, the character that I really like. Yeah, the one I said reminds reminds me of Sophie. She doesn't remind me of Sophie. I mean, her design, yes, but her personality, no, no, no. She is, she is fucking crazy. Yeah, I think that's why I'm drawn to her because she is crazy. Yeah, so uh, that went off track, but the end of season four, uh, Glimmer gets captured by uh, the bad guys. Yeah, by the bad bad guys, not (laughs) Catro, but Catro's basically like right hand man slave, Mm. woman cat slave. Wait, what? Okay. And uh, Katra has a change of heart because it's like, if you're here, then Adora's gonna come here, and then this guy is gonna kill Adora. I guess I'll save your life. What? Yeah. So uh, at at the expense of her freedom, she rescued Glimmer. And then, like, a couple episodes after that, once they got Glimmer back, Adora's like, hey, uh, you know, um, hear me out, guys. I know that the last four seasons, you want to go after Catra? Yeah, I want to go after Catra. All right, let's do it. Okay. So that was more like a redemption episode <laughs> yeah. as opposed to a redemption arc, yes. is what you're saying. Yes, uh, it, it really uh, was. I see, I see, I see, I see. And... Mm. and it's like at the token where because they've kind of been hammering in the way Catra feels about Adora from the very beginning despite and they her being subtle d- about it. despite her very angry disposition 
it's almost as if you expected it to happen, to happen yeah. anyway. So yeah, it sucks. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's bad writing, but it's poorly executed because they probably had more build up to it, but the way they probably executed it. Yeah. Could be like either time constraints or like the com- the production company like I think it's Disney, right? Was it Disney? DreamWorks. DreamWorks. There you go. They could have been like, Hey man, uh show me run on too long, gotta wrap this up. Like what they did with Cora, Nickelodeon Cora. It's like, Hey man, we gotta wrap this up. We wanna milk it but we gotta wrap it up. Yeah man, freeing themselves from Nickelodeon is probably the best thing that ever happened to Mike. But listen, there's like, hey man, it's either your ship up or ship out. Okay, we're leaving. Hold wait, on, wait. wait. We we didn't mean it. <laughs> but it's too late. <laughs> they legit took they legit took their show and their fans with them. <laughs> Cause legit at the end of freaking season two when Cora actually started getting better, I was like you know, I could actually start watching Karma. Like, watching it seriously again. I was already going to finish it. Nickelodeon. Nah. <laughs> oh, man. But anyways. Um, yeah, the thing is, like... I will say she is one of those shows where... Me, as someone who... Writes... Can see the holes and can see the things that should have been addressed and could have been done more fluently. Mm-hmm. However, I don't feel like it was that that type of show. Like, it probably wasn't. Because one thing I could definitely say about it, I was fucking laughing at it. Because the humor was just like so good at some points. Okay. It's, it's a stupid, funny... It's, charismatic show it's yeah, very I saw you was yeah. trying to show me some of the some of the videos and some of the jokes like some of them were really were really hit and miss with me like there were a few that were really funny that were really funny to me and then there were some that was like what? I don't get it why? like essentially when the character with the mask looked at the other character it was like why are you here? uh Shadow Weaver which is one of the only characters that doesn't actually look different from her 80s counterpart yeah, funny that eh? The only thing they did, really, was, like, the 80s Shadow Weaver had on a hood. The 2018 Shadow Weaver hair is just always floating. Yeah, funny that. Anyways. But, uh, yeah, uh, it was just something I was like, you know what? I have time. I feel like I want to watch something. Let me watch she because I said I would. And I did. I think that that <laughs> night when you started watching it, you actually stayed up to like almost two or three a.m. watching the season. I so, can't even remember when the hell was the last time I did that. Like, just stayed up horrendously late watching like, something. Like the thing about it was, is like I I'm playing on PS4 because I'm like I'm playing with the boys and I'm like everything's cool. It's like yeah, man, that's right. We talking a bunch of garbage and whatnot. Night stop. And I was like, oh man, what time does it feel? Kind of late. And I was like, one. I was like, ah, oh, it's two going on three o'clock. I turn to look at the bed and I see you still up. I was like, who gave this woman coke soda? <laughs> who gave, who, who is this woman? This isn't my wife. Who is this person? I was engrossed in the telly. Yeah, it was it was weird because it was like, what? Yeah, the show of, gotta be good. It's one of those things where like, to me, it seems like a childish show. Ignoring all of the, like the 90% gay cast. But, um, 
I liked it. I there was just something about it. It's just one of those things where I can't really explain it. I know it's not. It's probably not meant for you know someone in my age bracket, but hell, here I am because I, mean, I like stupid dumb fluff. Maybe you're not <laughs> old. I mean, Steven Universe essentially was like what? Steven Universe was like what? Ten years old, right? Give or take. Roughly. Roughly. Like we essentially grew up with Steven Universe. Yeah. Granted that. It was on hiatus for a very long time, so that's the reason why it stressed out for so long. Mm. Uh, we got Stephen Bombs in between, but we essentially grew up with the show. Same thing with Adventure Time. All of these shows started off real kid-friendly until the plot happened, mm-hmm. and then it's like, we see who the target audience is. Boy, nothing caught me off guard more than Adventure Time. Like, I looked at that show, I was like, what I, is this? Because I did not like Adventure Time in the beginning. I did not like it. I didn't like the way it looked. Like initially, but then like it just it just grew on me, and I think that was the thing about cartoons that came out around that era. It's like the simplistic drawing style made way for some insane storytelling. Yeah, and the thing is like sim- simplicity doesn't necessarily make it bad. Yeah, it means you can do a lot of things with it. Yeah, and the thing is, one thing you can say for sure, those characters are fucking unique. Very. Like, you, you will not find are, anything else that looks like them. There are no two characters that are actually alike. I kid you not, and I, I enjoyed that. I think, for me, one of my... The, we have the International Cartoon Network. It sucks. The Spanish Cartoon Network. We have, the, we have the International Cartoon Network. It sucks. Not because it's in Spanish, but because... It sucks. It sucks because it sucks. It doesn't show Toonami and the rest of the stuff, but I digress. Um, one thing that they do do is that they anything that's a special or is a for anything, they repeat them a lot. So we do get to see the Adventure Time um, special, the one with Marceline and the Vampire King a lot. Yeah. And I kid you not, that is one of my favorite series. <laughs> that is one of my favorite series. I, I love, love it, it so much. I, so do I. My think my favorite line was will always be when the moon started talking, and it was like, "Hey man, we're gonna, hey man, we're gonna you really need a trap, and we're gonna stake you, and we're gonna take your dust and put it inside a cat box and get a boy and get a cat to make it drop a big tiger bomb on top of you." And then she was like, "You claim to lead me in the light," and all Jake said was, "That's her voice." <laughs> I love it. I, I, I love that special. I series. don't know who was responsible for writing that Stig series, but it was it was comedy gold. It was I like, I don't I I don't understand. Like the thing is the humor in that in that series was like a bit different from the rest of Adventure Time and I couldn't quite put my finger on why, but it was just it was consistently funny. Yeah. Like it was just I will I will watch it again and again, and I will still find the same jokes hilarious. I think what makes it funny is the fact that you don't need to know the characters. And just looking at the situation, just watching it for... Like, you don't need to know these characters' backstories, who they are, whatnot, what their beliefs are, or whatnot. And you could just watch it, mm. and you can enjoy them, because their personalities shine through. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it good. Like, for instance, when the Vampire King drops down... My favorite, my favorite scene, the monologue by the Vampire King. I fucking love it. 
I don't know the Vampire King's powers, don't know who he is, but he just goes on this tirade. He essentially turned and reduced himself from this regal, very proper speaking guy, and he just devolved into throwing a temper tantrum, and I loved it. Yeah, the VK is a is a boy. I don't know who made him, but I would have loved to have been in the storyboard room when that was happening. <laughs> also, what I don't like about the International Cartoon Network is they they censor a lot of stuff. There's a few scenes inside that that they that were censor. different. Right? That were different because they censored it. Yeah. I don't know if it's because there was an alternate version or whatnot, but I know for sure there are a few things that were two scenes that were censored, and I didn't like it. Hmm. But I still overall enjoyed the series. Yeah. Uh, cartoons, like, it's been a long time since I sat down and really enjoyed a, a cartoon, and, um, again, in the case of she like, it had its charisma, and it caught me, and Catcher's Bay, that's, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Listen, this is how I know you have bad taste. I, I been questioning your taste a long time ago, now I know. Because if you weren't looking at Scorpio and just giving it a side eye, you'd be like, mm, look at that pie, I don't know. Granted, she has my favorite haircut, but I don't know, but Catra is just being aggravatingly angry. (laughs) She's just funny. Like, she's just insanely funny. I mean, I could get behind that, but my my thing is just looking at Scorpio, them legs. What? Them legs. I've seen seen one thing where Scorpio was singing and dancing with this other chick. I don't know who the fuck she is. I don't know their backstories. I don't know what not what was happening. But all I know was was that Scorpio was in a tight black dress and some pumps. And I was like, mm. I'm going to draw some fine art. I thought you weren't a fan of muscular women. I No, muscular women scare me. But if they're done right, if they're done right, I can dig it. Fair. Fair. Because it, it, to me, I feel like when you just draw muscles and put a woman's hand on top. That is fucking terrifying to me. Like, I actually have a fear of muscular women. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that women can't be muscular, but I'm talking about the overtly muscular women's, women that don't, that don't retain that femininity. Mm. But when a woman who works out, and they are clearly muscular, but their femininity still shines through, I'm attracted to that. Like, the real-life Chun-Li. I'm pretty sure you've seen a picture yeah. of her. Like, she's extremely muscular, because I'm pretty sure, like, if you were looking about it, that she would be very thin. But she can't have a name, like, a nickname, like, the, the real, real life Chun Li without having any sort of muscle. Like, this woman. Your, your thighs. The she your legs. Thighs <laughs> but she is very fit and she is very muscular yeah. for a frame, but she still comes off as very feminine. That's, that's what I like. Fair. Fair. I, I, that's why I say, with certain muscular women, I can dig it. Like, I, I went on the yellow YouTube once to look, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it was, uh, or as I as it was for me back in the day. I guess I'm getting older. So scary, but I'm getting past it. And then I immediately went to something else. Funny thing is, uh, this actually came up in conversation at work um, because I had asked, I had asked my boss's friend to make me a pull-up bar, and he's like, "You don't need a pull-up bar." Because you don't need to have quarterback shoulders like what I have. <laughs> and I'm like, I, it was less for me and more for my husband. He's like, oh, okay, okay. You don't want to be muscular. I'm like, I uh, know. He has a thing with muscular women. He's not a fan. And then he looks me dead in the eye and says, any 
straight man is not a fan of muscular <laughs> women. I'm like, mudo, mudo. Wow, I am, oh, I am walking away. Oh man. I'm leaving. Like, like I know that there's some guys that have a stigma with it. I can't have a stigma with it, but for a different reason. But it's more so like for like other guys where it's like I don't want to have sex with a with a woman that looks like a man, but I don't feel like that's the case. For me, it's more so like I'm extremely intimidated. Jeez. You will uh, experience death by snoo snoo. Listen to me, and I guarantee you, I can't break up with her. She knows where I live. This woman can bench press me, babe. What I can do. Don't laugh at me. Stop laughing at me. Take a, uh, I apologize to uh, any bodybuilding women that listen to this podcast. Listen, anybody... It's all women, in good fun. Any, any bodybuilding women out there, let me just let you know right now. I love you. I, I commend you all for what you're doing, for what you're standing for, for, for doing what you do because it's not an easy thing for women to do in a lot of situations and there's a lot of stigma that comes with it. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that a lot of you are doing it for either for personal reasons or to break the mold, you know? Either you want to feel better about yourself, you want to do things, or you just generally like the way it looks. But just know that I am afraid. I don't want to be bench-pressed, okay? I still have love for y'all. I still love y'all. But please, please. Don't pick we, me up. Please don't pick me up. <laughs> okay? In both the literal and figurative sense. Like, listen, I need you to understand. When you start bench-pressing me, I'd be like, you know what? I don't think I'm going anywhere with this relationship. Because I can't break up with you. Next thing you know, you flip my car over and I am like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, the jokes are stopped, the jokes are stopped, the jokes are stopped. For now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, it's getting kind of, it's, it's getting kind of long. So, we're going to start wrapping up uh, this episode. You have any closing thoughts? I do not. Uh... There's a lot well, of there's a lot of gay. Okay. There's a lot of gay in my shows, and you know what? I'm here for it. I don't I don't care about the the homosexual. My my only thing when it comes to gay people being in a show is if it doesn't add anything to the show. Whereas kind of like you you're watching a show and then then there's the token black guy who's also gay because you have to fit. You have to fit two tropes in one yeah, you safe have, space. Not even that. It's kind of like you have to fit the check marks for the show. It's just like, mm-hmm. have we included a black and or gay person, homosexual person? Have we checked those off? Yes. Okay, let's move on with the show. I mean, if it doesn't add to the show or take away to the show, then there's no need for it to be there. That's it. Like, um, um, the House of Night series. One of my favorite characters in there is gay. One of my favorite characters, Damien. Is it Damien? Simon. Yes, Damien. Damien? Sorry. Damien is gay. And he has a boyfriend named Jack. We mentioned it before in an earlier podcast. Mm. And it's like, at first you think there's nothing for it, but there's a reason for the characters being there. Their personality and who they are and what they do and how they bring something to the story itself, it brings life to the story. Mm. They're just characters who just happen to be gay. Yeah. I think that that can be like as opposed to as opposed to gay and who wants to have names an unnecessary romance in and of itself for me has no place in a story like yeah, I can agree. but um at the same token I couldn't care any less if a character identifies as straight 
or gay or like a toaster oven. But we'll go on a dark helicopter unicorn. <laughs> you know what? Do do you? But I, I'm less of a fan when it seems to be their only personality trait. Yeah, they're a check mark. Yeah, we, we like, need to fill this role. Yeah, I'm 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 really more for like a character just being insanely cool, and then the whole them being gay thing is like a fucking it's implied it's, it's an afterthought yeah it's a background yeah. thing yeah it's it's treated it's, it's treated in re- in respect to the story like this is not an important detail but it's something about the character have your own head canon do with that what you will but it's not it's not necessary for the story okay the person's getting kind of fussy again so i guess I guess it's time for us to stop paying attention to the audience and stop paying attention to her. So we will be ending the episode here. Why did your tail fluffed up? That was a cry for help. She's kidnapped us both. Send the army. Yes. Anyways. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dreamage. Or MBH. I didn't say that at the beginning. Good boy. I must be getting old. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. It's getting really crazy out there, so to all our listeners, be safe, take care of yourself, love yourself. Wash your hands. And wash your hands, please. Or have some hands out. No, wash your hands. No, no, they just have Wash your hands. Bye. Goodbye.